Hi, welcome back to another edition of the Spy Bar podcast. Well, there we have it. Our first tournament of 2019 was a pretty decent tournament out in uh, in Hawaii, the Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, won by Xander Schauffele by one shot over Gary Woodland uh, with a phenomenal final round, 11 under 62. Um, first sort of first blush feedback aside from um, obviously the fabulous round of golf that Shoffele put together including a couple of eagles and a couple of chip-ins from 100 plus yards um, was I felt a bit sorry for Gary Woodland to be quite honest um, he was leading the tournament by three strokes from Rory McIlroy going into the final round and shot a five under and still managed to lose um, so uh, you got to got to feel sorry for Gary Woodland, but obviously tip tip the hat to, to Xander Schauffele with a, a phenomenal final round. Apparently, it was the lowest final round since Stuart Appleby shot a fifty nine uh, to win the Green Briar Classic in in twenty ten. Um, so uh, a very rare sight, but um, a wonderful wonderful performance by Schauffele, who's slowly but surely proving himself to be a class act. Um, that that win takes him up to sixth in the world rankings now um, and it's his fourth win in just over 60 PGA Tour starts um, and he's won some big tournaments already he obviously won the Tour Championship in 2017 uh, he won the Greenbrier uh, Classic the WGC um, HSBC Championships uh, just back in October time where he held off Tony Finau in a playoff and obviously again this week the the uh, Century Tournament of Champions um, and it backs up a good year uh, in the majors too we had two um, top six finishes in the Open and the US Open last year so he is a class act and again another one of these young Americans really proving himself um, uh, there was a lot going on on Twitter that um, because he's obviously got to now four PGA Tour wins that is the same amount as Ricky Fowler um, blessing poor Ricky gets thrown under the bus left right and centre uh, by all and sundry on Twitter uh, I think for being overrated I don't think he is but um, certainly that's a testament to how good Shoffley is in, in sort of 60 starts whereas Fowler's had 200 plus starts um, has the same amount of victories and he's a class act too um, and again it just shows Shoffley was uh, another one of the kind of the class of 2011 uh, collegiate stars, which included JT, uh, Spieth, Daniel Berger, Emiliano Grillo, um, and then a couple of other very good PGA Tour pros in Ollie Snydergens and Patrick Rogers. Neither of those latter two won yet on the PGA Tour, but they've both had a couple of runner-up positions and still, you know, they've been PGA Tour mainstays since joining. So that class of 2011 is some somewhat special. Um, obviously mentioned Gary Woodland. His form has been phenomenal over the last uh, four or five months. Um, apparently since he got his new driver in the bag from Ping at the back end uh, back end of last season um, he's just uh, he's a top five top ten machine uh, a couple of runner-ups and a victory as well so uh, he's in some great form um, obviously a little bit concerning about Rory again you know great first three rounds put him in a position okay he started the fourth round three strokes back uh, he only shot one under, ended up finishing tied for fourth. Again, not a bad result. It was his first outing of the season, first time we've really seen him since uh, the Ryder Cup. So um, not not a bad performance, but obviously a lot of people banging on about the fact that in his last sort of seven tournaments when he's been in the final pairing, he's not got on to win that tournament. Um, I think that's a little bit 
uh, playing with the stats because in certainly in four of those he's been at least three three shots back from the from the leader and eventual winner. So. Um, uh, look, I would love to see him be a bit more dominant um, and hopefully he'll be able to take this form in. Look, it's a, it's a good start to his season. Um, so let's hope he can he can build on that moving forward. Um, other couple of takeaways from the tournament was uh, Brooks Kepka needed um, to finish tied eighth in order to retain one number one. Uh, he started off badly and, and ended up finishing tied um, uh, sorry twenty fourth on his own. Um, he had a good final round, sort of four under final round to finish twenty fourth, but it was well well short. Um, I think he was something like nine strokes off finishing tied eighth. So uh, Justin Rose is now reinstated as world number one. No doubt that will flip flop um, somewhat more over the coming months because um, there's a whole bunch of them very very tightly packed together you've got um, Kepka, Rose, DJ and JT anyone any week can pretty much go back to world number one um, and then I suppose the other couple of things um, that, that came out of, of the weekend was obviously the new rules um, being implemented so a few uh, gammy knee drops uh, which looked a little bit surreal uh, watching them dropping from the knee or not really knowing how to do it or how to look um, but uh, that that's obviously going to be a mainstay moving forward and the other thing was obviously some people were leaving the pins in Bryson DeChambeau in particular um, already there are stats flying around left right and centre that um, if you're not putting with the pin in you are uh, you're mental because it's going to effectively um, help save you shots moving down the line so they already reckon that um, uh, the significant gains can be made by leaving the pins in just based on the data they got out of last weekend we'll obviously see um, how that transpires over the rest of the season but uh, yeah a bit a bit surreal doing it but um, you know on a personal level I quite it's quite nice not to have to run and go and get your flag um, to uh, to putt each time in terms of my picks, um, so I had John Rahm to win. He ended up coming uh, tied eighth. Um, not a bad weekend for him. It just started off each of each of his first two rounds pretty sluggish. Um, it was a couple over par on both the first and second rounds through the first nine holes and then came on strong on the back nines on both occasions. So um, he could have done better, but again, not a bad, not a bad round, not a bad outing. Uh, eighth overall and Leishman. Uh, he was there and thereabouts. Uh, he ended up coming tied fourth along uh, with uh, Rory McIlroy. So, not too bad. Not a too bad start for uh, uh, for the um, for the picks this year. Um, in terms of other news, I think the other big news that was obviously announced this week was yesterday, where we had Porrick Harrington being announced as Europe's uh, Ryder Cup captain for the match in Whistling Straits in 2020. Uh, I think it's a great pick uh, for Europe. He's been vice captain uh, for the last three Ryder Cups. Uh, he's played in six Ryder Cups beforehand. He's won, in, been in four winning teams uh, in the ones that he's played in. Um, from a vice captain point of view, he's obviously won two of those three as well. Uh, he's quite he's quite popular in the US too so a bit like Darren Clark last time we were over in the States I think that there kind of won't be too much animosity from the crowd towards him um, and I think he's obviously going to carry on the very sort of statistics based model that the European um, tour uh, team seems to follow when it comes to picking their teams and the pairings that they have obviously that's been proven very successful over recent years with Bjorn this year and uh, McGinley previously too Um I think one of the most interesting stats I have read um, 
uh, from from someone who's a great follow on Twitter. It's uh, his name is Noz Ferratu, um, and his Twitter handle is at vc606. He's definitely worth a follow. He he has all the world ranking stats um, and really quirky stats. I you know golf geeks find interesting like myself. So um, he put out there: Harrington is the third Virgo to captain Team Europe. The only other Virgos captaining Team Europe was Sam Torrance in 2002 and Bernard Langer in 2004 both of whom won the Ryder Cup for Team Europe so um, there you go go and get all your money out and put it on Team Europe because apparently if if we're if there's a Virgo who's a captain then we win um, the only other sort of news of any sort of note and this is a bit I suppose it's inter- interesting bit of news that came out um, over the weekend and, and early this week is the uh, tempestuous Rory Sabatini, um, South African, has renounced his South African nationality to become Slovakian. Um, and he's done that uh, with the aim of trying to get into the Olympics uh, in Japan in 2020. So um, currently world number 201 and obviously nowhere near being the top South African uh, on the tour. Um, he's uh, he's looking to try and uh, try and get in there. So um, be interesting to see how he does moving forward so moving on to the events this week so the only event we really got is the uh, Hawaii Sony Open out on the PGA Tour Um, it's it's again a bit of a favourite out at uh, YLA um, Country Club it's one of the shortest um, courses that the PGA Tour goes to Uh, it's a par 70 just literally just over 7,000 yards which you know to, to your eyes pretty long but certainly one of the shortest courses they play on tour wind obviously normally plays uh, a relatively significant role out there although they are only expecting sort of light winds this time round, so expect some some decent scoring conditions uh over over this uh, next kind of four or five days um Last year, this was an interesting tournament. So this was the second tournament that Patton Kizaya won uh, in his 2018-19 season. Um, but it's probably most well known for, for two uh, other facts, one of which there was a false ballistic missile warning on the Sunday morning. Um, the kind of nuclear missile warnings going out left, right and centre. So uh, players were getting up at joke o'clock in the morning and it was a bit disorientating. And alongside that, there was a bit of a labour dispute with the cameramen. So all the cameramen went on strike. So you had a bunch of random kind of presenters and all sorts doing their own camera work um, and commentating at the same time. So a little bit of an interesting tournament last year. I don't think we're obviously going to have any of those issues this year uh, moving forward um in terms of the field pretty decent field out there you've got um certainly half the field from last week 20 odd players from last week are continuing on uh the stint in hawaii including likes of jt dechambeau woodland and uh, you got leishman champ um charles howell the third patrick reed paul casey uh and so on so a pretty strong field out there justin thomas does lead um the side kind of favorites at six to one from a betting perspective um in terms of uh uh, kind of what to look out for this week I think with the conditions not being so windy um, probably put a premium on ball striking um, so the best ball strikers I would certainly look uh, gravitate towards I like kind of bring into play the likes of kind of Kyle Stanley um, and and alike I mean those those kind of guys will form uh, I would expect to perform pretty well this week for me in terms of my pick I, I'm going with JT um 
He's the prohibitive favourite at six to one. He was fourteenth last year in two thousand and eighteen. He did win the tournament in twenty seventeen and shot the course record fifty nine at the same time. Um, he averages scoring sixty six around uh, YLA Country Club. So um, his average is ridiculous. He obviously likes playing in Hawaii. He's already had two victories in Hawaii um, over his short career too. So. For me, he's in good form. Um, you know, last week at the Century Tournament Champions, he ended up coming third. He shot a final round eight under to get him into third. So he's in some decent form. He just loves winning. Uh, he's won round that track beforehand. Um, he's a prohibitive favourite for a reason. I do. I will, however, put a caveat in there. Gary Woodland at twelve to one. I really like as well. I know he's obviously just came up short last weekend, but his form is phenomenal, and I'm expecting him a top five. He's a top five banker for me all all week long for this week. Um, hopefully, there'll be no hangover from from last week. I don't think there should be. Um, yeah, he played exceptionally well all four rounds and was just beaten beaten by a phenomenal round uh, in Shoffle on that on the round four. Um, so I think Woodland's definitely a good shout at twelve to one. But I'm going with. With, with Thomas at six to one. In terms of outsiders, there's a bunch of different people I really like for this event. I've, I've struggled to kind of find one in particular I'm going to go for, so I'm going to give you two names in particular. Um, first name is Charles Howell the third, twenty-five to one. Uh, he won his second PGA Tour victory the back end of last year. Um, he's been a mainstay on the PGA Tour for twenty plus years now. Um, I think only Phil Mickelson has. Um, uh, earned more money than him when it comes to uh, on the on the PGA Tour over that uh, same period of time. Um, so he's obviously Tiger Woods too, but in terms of con- continually being in the in the top one hundred and performing ridiculously well, always making the top one two five in the FedEx Cup over the uh, over that twenty year period, he's the only player to have done so. Um, and he loves. YLA Lee Country Club. He's played there 17 times. He's made the cut 17 times with two runners up, two third positions, two fourth positions, and he averages a 67. Um, now, averaging 67, having played a tournament 17 times, shows you he's a class act. Great ball striker in some decent form. So, Charles Howell the the third at 25 to one. Again, I really do like him for this week. Um, the other name I'm going to give you is. Somebody who played very well two years ago and is coming back slowly into a bit of form, and he's a, he's a bit of a favourite of mine. I think he's just a he's a class act. Um, he's a good bloke. Uh, seems to like a bit of banter both on and off the course. Um, and that's Kevin Kisner. Um, it's at thirty five to one. He was twenty fifth last year, as I mentioned. He didn't have a great year last year, but but certainly towards the end of twenty eighteen, started to play well. His last outing was a seventh at uh, Sea Island uh, in the fall, um, but he's had two top fives in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen. It's a shorter course, which will play to his strength. He's obviously not the longest hitter, but what he is, he's a great ball striker and he's a great grinder. So. Um, Kisner I really do like and if the wind does get up he's also a really good wind player um, so uh, Kisner at 35 to 1 I really like he's certainly someone I'm going to look at this week so there you have it three names for you Justin Thomas I think prohibitive favourite totally makes sense um, but look out for Charles Howell the third and Kevin Kisner at 25 and 35 to 1 respectively and if you want a top five lock go Gary Woodland he's got four top six finishes in the last five years here um plus he's in the form of his life at the minute so long may that continue for him hopefully he gets a win um another win because he deserves it his form deserves it 
so there you have it um, that's this week uh, as always you can follow me on Twitter at the spike bar um, please do interact with me more happy to kind of uh, chat chat around uh, anything to do with golf on there um, you can also find me personally at Ben Swanton golf too uh, if you can subscribe to the podcast that would be great on iTunes obviously you can also find this on SoundCloud too until next week thanks for now cheers